Hi everybody, welcome back to Ask Alicia, the weekly series where you ask me questions and I answer them, maybe. Let's get to your first question this week. First question this week comes from Maxime. Hi Maxime. Maxime says, hi Alicia, I'm freezing or I'm frozen. Which one should I use? Thank you, good question. I'm freezing or I'm frozen. You can use these expressions to talk about feeling very cold. So when you want to express that you feel cold now, typically we use I'm freezing. So you're in a very cold room or you're in a very cold place. You would typically say I'm freezing. We typically use I'm freezing to talk about feeling very, very cold. I suppose some people might say I'm frozen as well, but in my experience, generally we say I'm freezing to refer to our current physical state. Please keep in mind, you might also hear these words used to talk about computers. You might hear somebody saying, my computer is frozen or my computer keeps freezing. So in this situation, frozen refers to a computer that is not moving. So a frozen computer is a computer that you cannot use. You can't move the mouse, you can't type anything. Nothing seems to work. You have to turn off the computer and turn it back on again in order to use it. So we use the word frozen to describe this and earlier I used the expression my computer keeps freezing so that refers to a computer that continues to freeze it continues to stop working you might hear freezing used in this way my computer keeps freezing or my computer is frozen so you might also hear these expressions used to talk about computers and other kinds of machines that seem to stop working for no reason. So please keep in mind these are quite different. So we use these words to talk about our physical sensation, feeling cold, or to talk about computers and other electronics no longer working. So I hope that this answers your question. Thanks very much. Okay, let's move to your next question. Next question comes from Hassan. Hi Hassan. Hassan says, what is the difference between reach and arrive? Okay, great question. Yeah, reach versus arrive. Let's talk about reach first and two primary uses of the verb to reach. So we can use reach to mean roughly the same thing as arrive, to mean coming to a destination. For example, I reached the airport on time, or I reached my friend's house with no trouble. So this means I made it to my destination. This is how we can use reach. We can also, of course, use reach to refer to stretching to get something. Like, can you reach that cup up there? I'm too short. Or can you please reach across the table to get the salt for me? So that refers to stretching to get something, to retrieve something. So reach can be used in sentence structures like the ones I mentioned earlier. I reached the airport on time, or I reached my friend's house. We can use arrive in the same sense as the first type of reach that I explained to refer to making it to your destination. So you can say, for example, I arrived at the airport on time or I arrived at my friend's house with no trouble. So again, this means you made it to your destination. In terms of a difference in nuance, like a small difference in meaning between the words, reach can sometimes have the feel of doing something that was challenging. Like you reached a challenging 
reaching destination sounds kind of like you overcame some difficulties to get to that point. Or maybe there was something that was hard about it, but eventually you were able to do it. Some people might use reach to describe that kind of feeling. Arrive doesn't have that idea associated with it. It just sounds like a simple statement of fact, really. I arrived at the airport. If you say like, I finally reached the airport, it sounds like you might have overcome some kind of difficulties like traffic or maybe some other problem in order to get there. So this is the difference between reach and arrive when we talk about going to a destination. And of course, you can also use reach, as I described, to talk about stretching to get something. I hope that this helps answer your question. Thanks very much. Okay, let's go to your next question. Next question comes from Ibrahim. Hello, Ibrahim. Ibrahim says, hi, Alicia. My question is about the verb rent and the word renter. Does the verb rent mean to give one's own house or car in exchange for money or to take somebody else's house or car for a specific time in exchange for money? Nice question. Actually, the answer is both. You can use the verb rent to talk about giving your house or your car or something to someone. And you can also use rent to talk about taking something from someone else in exchange for money. So I could say, for example, I rented my car to my neighborhood community service group for the weekend or something like that. So that would mean I provided my car to them in exchange for money or services or something like that. You could also say the neighborhood community service group rented my car from me. So that means they gave me money in exchange for my car. So rent can be used in both ways, on both sides of this transaction. The key here is looking at the prepositions from and to. Those are what's going to tell you who is exchanging what. So in my earlier example, I said I rented my car to the neighborhood group. So that shows I am the one giving the thing. In my second example sentence, I said the neighborhood group rented my car from me. However, there may be some cases where you don't have a preposition in the sentence. For example, when you're talking about accommodations. Let's look at this example. My parents are renting their house for the summer. Or, someone rented my parents' house for the summer. So in these cases, we have to pay attention to the context. In the first example sentence, my parents are renting their house for the summer. The key here is that there. My parents are renting their house for the summer. So it sounds like a house that they own is up for rent for someone to purchase or to, to use for the summer, to purchase some kind of rental agreement for the summer. In the second sentence, someone is renting my parents' house for the summer. Again, the key there is the possessive, my parents' house. So these kinds of small details tell us about the nature of the exchange. Who was receiving what here? We need to pay attention to these sorts of things. So yes, rent can be used for both sides of the transaction. As far as the word renter goes though, we don't use this so much. Rather, we have some specific words that we typically use in rental situations. When we're talking about accommodations, we typically use the word tenant to refer to a person who is renting a house or an apartment. Like, she's the tenant in the place my parents own, or I'm a tenant in my apartment building. That means I am the person who is renting something. We probably wouldn't use the word renter in cases like these. We would typically use tenant. 
outside of the accommodation situation, if you're talking about renting equipment or maybe renting media, something like that, we typically don't really use the word renter to talk about this. Instead, we just use the word customer. So like, I rented this to my customer, or this product was rented to the customer, or given to the customer. In these situations, we don't really use the word renter much because they're typically kinds of transactions. So we use the word customer in these cases. So I hope that this helps you understand how to use rent as a verb and how to talk about the rental agreements that we make. Thanks very much for an interesting question. All right, that is everything that I have for this week. So thank you, as always, for sending your great questions. Thanks very much for watching this week's episode of Ask Alicia, and I will see you again soon. Bye.